Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. leader. Coming off the court, you hear it straight from a Suns player with Brooms and Gambo. Brought to you by America Roofing, Arizona's number one roofer online at americaroofingco.com. For a free estimate or 10% off any roof repair, that's americaroofingco.com. Suns finally back at home after what felt like a forever road trip that winded uh, all its way through America. They're back home tomorrow night taking on the Brooklyn Nets and joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line, one of the key members of this year's Suns team of the Suns from the last few years, Mikel Bridges, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo show as we go off the court with Mikel. How you doing today, sir? I'm great, man. I'm great. How are you? Good. Good, good to get you. Good to get you back. Who's uh, the Eagles? Is that your team in football? No, 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 no. Los Angeles Rams. Rams, the Rams. That's right. Rams guy. Yeah. The Rams. Boy, that was a yeah, tough year yeah, for them. Yeah. Oh yeah. All them Cardinal fans. Rams. <laughs> now, is there is there any interest in in like the Eagles or at all or no? Uh, for sure. Um, I when I was a kid, like think about it. it we had Sunday ticket. Growing up when I was a kid and all that stuff. So, like, all the games I see would be on TV and also the Eagle games. And I was big fans of, like, Shady McCoy. Vic was there. You know, Deshaun Jackson, Macklin. Like, I, I knew, like, B-Doc. Like, I knew everybody on the Eagles. Like, I had Eagles jerseys. Yeah. I was fans of players as well. But, um, no, definitely no hate. Definitely no hate with them. Um, yeah, so I'm actually, safe, I'm safe kinda, to like, say. I, I, I like, what you say? I was going to say, safe to say, out of all the teams left in the playoffs, you would root for the Eagles. Um, I wouldn't say I'll root for them, but like I like, I like football, and I, and I I like their chances. I don't like San Francisco, so I hope that <laughs> if both teams win and they play each other, I hope the Eagles beat the living hell out of them. Um, just out of kind of fan, because as, as a Rams fan, uh, just that rivalry going on. But I like the Eagles, though. I like them. I like Hurts a lot. I like the team. Um, I just, I just think if they make it and they play the Chiefs, I think Patty Mahomes is going to get that win now. Yeah, yeah. I, I tend to, I tend to think that might be that might be what happens as well. All right, let's talk about your uh, your current team and your current employer, the Phoenix Suns. And uh, first of all, the the news that we all heard today, I, I imagine you guys probably knew it was coming, and that that is your fellow twin, Cam Johnson, is going to be back. And I, I got to imagine as you guys start to look towards getting some bodies back, this is one that's very important to you and very important to the team to get back for the stretch run, correct? For sure. I'm excited my twin back. Just, it, just, it, just, it, feel, it just feels great for him to be back and just for him, just happy for him, you know, just, you know, going through that, being hurt and being out for a while. Um, just happy for him, for his mental and his excitement to be out there. I'm happy for him to be back. What's it been like? You guys have lost nine out of ten basketball games. I know you're out there. You're battling as hard as you can. You're, you know, you're you're undermanned. You, you don't have book. You don't have Chris Paul. You don't have Cam Johnson. You know, Jay hasn't been traded yet. What's it like night in and night out, going into these games, battling hard but losing? Yeah, yeah. No C pain out there neither. It's another no one no campaign. Um, it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, I think it just makes it. This is just frustrating in a way. Just we we going out there. We we playing as hard as we can, and you know it's just that's so devastating sometimes when you lose because you know, I know everybody out there, you know, is trying to win, and I know everybody out 
it could look like people want stats or that's how some teams do. You know, if they're losing, people just care about their stats. Like us, we're just, we want to win. And um, it's just, that's why it sucks so much because I know everybody out there is giving it their 100%. You know, people banged up. Like Pete Craig, one guy who's banged up and he's out there playing as hard as he can. Um, that's, it's just, it stinks, man. And it's just, it's a part of it. Um, just adversity right now, and I think we're going to get through this. I mean, I actually, I know we're going to get through this, and we're just going to stay together, just become even more closer, and um, get ready to make a little run. What, what's it like for you when, I mean, even in college at Villanova, you weren't asked to shoot the ball all the time. It was a, you know, it was a very well-balanced well, well attack. And, you know, now with all these guys out, it's like tell Mikel's got to shoot the ball 10, 15, 16, 18 times a game. And you're being asked to do something that's just, you know, not something that you're accustomed to doing. How difficult has that been? Um. I mean, yeah, it's tough, but um, I think it's just personally, just, I'm growing, you know, as a as a player and as a leader as well. Um, I'm kind of just trying to embrace it and try to do whatever I can, you know. I I, I try to be aggressive every time I touch it and try to make a play, either score or find my teammates. Um, so I just, I mean, I I love just having this opportunity because it's something that I never really, even in high school, I kind of. It wasn't demanding the ball crazy like this, um, especially like being in different roles and stuff. Um, but I just I love I love what what I got to be put through, and I'm just trying to do the best I can and try to do whatever it takes to win, man. I think that's the biggest thing. Like I just feel like whatever I do out there and we lose, I just feel like empty stats. I just feel like you know it's it just it's just better when you win. You know, it's just, yeah. It's just that's how it is for me. How do you feel like you've done in that expanded role as you look back on the last ten games, fifteen games, twenty games, wherever you want the cutoff to be? How, how with how do you feel like you've done when they've asked that much of you? Um, I think I've done pretty pretty okay. I just feel like I could do better, and just I'm learning, just trying to grow. Um, I, I just just trying to continue to get better. I think I can keep getting better, and I know I will. But um. No, I mean, if we were winning more, I think it'd be. I, I see the thing is, I go off winning, so I, uh, like, yeah, I, stats might look nice, but man, I don't care none of that if we lose, and so yeah, I definitely I rate it low because a lot of the L's we've been having. Mikel Bridges, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo shows, we're off the court with the Suns star. Suns taking on the Nets tomorrow. Of course, the, the trade deadline is coming up in a couple of weeks. I don't have to tell you that. Um, the, the Jay Crowder situation still kind of looms over everything. There was a story a few days ago, a text message that you had sent to Chris Haynes, kind of talking about Jay and his absence on the team. How, how awkward has this situation been for him, for you, for everybody in the locker room, given that there's been no resolution to this situation? Situation yet, Mikel? Um, I think it's I think it's five more on nine nines in. You know, tough on him more just because he's. I know he wants to be playing and stuff like that. Um, obviously, like I said, like yeah, I missed them, but you know they, you know they they it's, they know what the them too. They they know the whole story. We're just kind of just out here, just kind of things like the same things you guys are hearing but um yeah I mean it's tough as one of our leaders not here and um whatever situation they got going on you know it's the league and you know I can't explain it because I don't know what's going on so 
I just know that he's not here and and it's a business, so I just I understand both parties probably, whatever's going on. But um yeah, I mean he's one of our leaders that's not here and you know, he's a great player for us and everything he does on the court and off the court for us. So um definitely a big missing piece. But, yeah, you know, I would imagine you, you're, everyone's looking forward to resolution. Give him an opportunity to go play somewhere this year and, and, and give yourselves a player that may be able to come in and help you. So, I mean, not having Jay and then not trading for Jay and having a player for him, I mean, that's almost like a double whammy there. But I'm sure everybody's just looking for a resolution on this soon because it would be easier for you guys to move forward, correct? Yeah, I mean, stuff like that you can't control, you know, unless you leave it. The guys like Champ, you know, it's their job to do all that. And we just, our jobs are go out there and hoop, man, and try to do the best we can. Um, yeah, like I said, I'd love to have Nana here. And for knowing the situation and him get traded, yeah, for sure, we'll love to have another piece to help us win. I mean, we below 500. I, I promise you, we definitely love, you know, some, some other players as well. But, um, I mean, I just say you got control what you control as a player. And uh, just go out there and fight every night and um, we'll see what happens. What's what's the belief inside that clubhouse that if everybody gets healthy, as bad as things have been this year, being a team that's a couple of games below 500, the belief getting campaign back and, and getting Cam Johnson back and getting Book and Chris Paul back, what is what is the belief in how far this team can go this season? Um, belief is high. I mean, it's the same thing coming to the year. Um it's just what it is. Like, yeah, we're out there. And I, I think we, we always have a, the a chance of winning every single game at the highest level. And But, I mean, it's, it's life, man. It's, this is a part of it. It's a part of the game. You know, injuries happen. You know, it, this happens with every team every year. And you, every team can talk about if this, if that. And I just, like I said, control what you control, man. Just. I think we just try to hold it down as much as we can to everybody come back. But if we're all healthy, for sure, I like us over anybody. Yeah. Mikel, we always appreciate the time. We always enjoy the conversation. Thanks for spending a few minutes of your day with us. We'll talk to you very soon. Okay, good luck tomorrow against Brooklyn. Yeah, sounds good. Appreciate you guys. Thanks, Mikel. Mikel Bridge is joining us on the Arizona Sports Line. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader, Suns, and that's tomorrow, 8 o'clock. The Innings Festival is back. The two-day music festival featuring Green Day, Eddie Vedder, Weezer, The Offspring, and so much more returns to Tempe Beach Park on February 25th and 26th. Tickets just went on sale. You can head to the contest page at ArizonaSports.com for complete details and your chance to win tickets. The Cardinals' new general manager is at a new pivotal position, is at a pivotal position in the draft this year. What is he projected to do at number three overall? A new mock draft that paints maybe the best scenario? or maybe the worst scenario, depending on your perspective. Next, Burns and Gambo. Burns and Gambo, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Back here with you on the Burns and Gambo Show. Gambo's working from home today. I'm here in the Auction Community Studios, so I didn't get a chance to talk to him before the segment. Anything about our conversation with Mikel that you would like to react to before we present to everyone this mock draft about the Cardinals, Gambo? No, I would. Ex- I expected that. You know, once we get everyone back, we, you know, we feel like we could beat anybody who are capable of it, and that's what everybody's got to put their hopes in. Is you know, I don't know that there's a big blockbuster trade coming. I don't know that there is. You know, 
know, anything outside of minor moves that will be made to help this team. But, you know, they've got to feel in that clubhouse, in that locker room, they've got to feel that if they do get everybody back, that they're going to be a dangerous team to play in the playoffs, that a lot of people are going to count them out. And maybe they can, you know, rally off of that because everybody's going to look at the record and everything. And um, But, yes, I mean, if they get everybody back and they've got a tough first-round matchup against, you know, a good team, they're, they're very capable of pulling the upset. So I like the, you know, obviously the belief that they still have in themselves. And, and then, you know, him having to pick up that scoring yeah. slack and just how difficult it is because that is not an easy thing. That was that was the part that stood out to me. It was just his, he, you know, he's doing it because it's what's necessary and it's what's asked of him. But just the revelation that even back in high school, he wasn't that kind of player who took that many shots, I think just goes to speak to how unusual this role is for Mikel Bridges, what they're asking him to do. He's had good nights. He's had bad nights. It's 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 clearly a, a work in progress, and hopefully the Suns don't need him to be that guy moving forward. They'd, they'd be much more comfortable with him as the number three option offensively. It, it hasn't been all bad. There certainly have been flashes, and there have been moments, but but yeah, just he hasn't done it since high school. That's a, that's crazy to hear. All right, back to the Arizona Cardinals. Monty Austin Ford yesterday, the new general manager, talking about his approach to that number third pick in the NFL draft coming up in a few months. Well, it, it's an exciting. I, I don't. I hope we don't pick third overall again. That's for one. Um, the benefit is that we're going to be ready to pick a premium player that's going to be able to come in here and have an impact on our team. That's the benefit. The other benefit is uh, there, there could be calls on that pick. And we're going to operate at every step along the way. We're going to do what's best for the team. And so if we get a chance to drop back and pick up additional picks that will help build the team, we're going to entertain that. But we're in a we're in a great position, and I would say the same for the the every pick of that round. There's going to be there's going to be action. The, the phone rings in the draft. The phone will ring, and we'll be, we'll be ready to take a good player, and we'll be ready to listen to offers too. So we're we're in a great position with that pick. Gambo and I both saw this mock draft today from Dane Brugler, who's I, I enjoy it's it's a mock draft. Take it for what it is, but I enjoy his more than most, just because I think he puts a lot of insight and thought into it. Um, mock draft 2.0 for the Athletic Gambo. He's got kind of uh, sort of what I see happening, uh, honestly, and maybe this is kind of a color by numbers one here. He's got the Indianapolis Colts moving up from four to the number one spot, taking Bryce Young. They've got the Texans staying put at number two and taking. Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback. He's got the Cardinals staying put and taking Will Anderson, the edge rusher from Alabama, at three. And then the Bears, who are just in a real position of power, being the number one team, dropping back to four in that aforementioned trade with the Colts and taking Jalen Carter, the defensive lineman out of Georgia. And then, just one more to throw in there real quick. C.J. Stroud. Yeah, he's got the Carolina Panthers moving up to number five and taking the third quarterback in this draft, C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. Thoughts? Reaction? Yeah, I think the the interesting thing is Levis over Stroud, and that may be the way it plays out. Um, you know, quarterbacks going one, two. Look, it usually works out that way, no matter what you think now. Once the combine, everybody gets excited about the quarterbacks. The interesting thing would be teams three and four. Those are the obvious choices now. I don't think that they're going to change. I don't think that the top two players are going to change off of Anderson and Carter. I think that will stay the same. I think that will be the, the constant is that those will be the top two non-quarterback players off the board. You agree? I would agree. Yes. I, okay. The, the top two non-quarterbacks are going to be Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. Totally agree. Yes. Yeah. And then 
the interesting thing to me is that C.J. Stroud drops to five, or you know, at, somebody gets him at five. So, you know, you, you could be a team that might not have to, you know, jump the Bears or the Cardinals, you know, to get that guy. So. He, you know, we you, you heard Austin Forth talking about the the phone's going to ring. You're going to be at three. Does somebody that wants C.J. Stroud try to get ahead of Carolina to get him? And that's the biggest question you would have. Because if it plays out this way, you know, somebody may want to get to three or four to get C.J. Stroud before he goes to the Carolina Panthers at five. And that's that could be where it gets really, really interesting. Yeah, it's funny. I was thinking a very similar kind of thought. Like, like okay, if quarterbacks go one-two, and you're right, quarterbacks are going to go one-two because that's just what happens in the draft. There's going to be a lot of pre-draft hype, and it's quarterback, so that's the position. The, the question then becomes that third quarterback and how, how in demand is that guy and how far are teams willing to go to get him? I, I mean, I suppose in a, in a dream scenario, the Cardinals are able to do what the Bears are able to do. Now, that's really going to be threading a needle, but can the Cardinals at three move down just enough to still get one of the two defensive players but still allow a team to take C.J. Stroud or whoever the third quarterback is at number three. You know, like the Bears, they're at number one. Man, they can move, they can switch spots with the Colts and still get one of those defensive players. Can the Cardinals move down to five and do the exact same thing? Now, that's going to be real challenging, but like if you're drawing up a best case perfect scenario, that's probably it, right? Like move down to right now Seattle's at five. I, I don't think Seattle would want to move up to three. That doesn't seem to make any sense, but does somebody move up to five and then feel like they need to move up a little bit more to make sure they get their guy? That's probably asking too much, but it, it, it seems like that's going to be the choice for the Cardinals, and if you want them to trade down, you're going to need a quarterback to really rise to the level of being the third pick overall in the draft to at least give you that option to trade down if you're the Cardinals. Right. Yeah, and then you're in such a great position there because whether you go Anderson or Carter, you know, you're, you're getting a really good player, but as we've talked about so much, like there, there's more pressure, right? You've got to get that right. They're yep. both really good right now, but the reality is that one of those players is going to be better than the other, and and that's what you don't want to miss on that. You don't want to, you know, if, if, I'm not saying it's the Luka Doncic DA thing, but one of those guys is going to be a, a, a great player. Maybe both of them are. You know, that happens sometimes. And hey, both play, both teams got really good players, but you know, you want to hit on that, and and you can't go wrong with either one. So we're both sitting here. I'm sure both. Both of us like, hey, you take either one of those guys. That's a home run. No question. When we come back, his first of many injured players back tomorrow night. So how much does the return of Cam Johnson help James Jones' team? The president of basketball operations and GM only on Arizona Sports. Next. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. State of the Suns, driven by Sonic Drive-In. Mmm, Sonic. Burns and Gambo take you inside the Suns' front office and talk with a key decision maker. Every week it's our conversation with the Suns' president of basketball operations and general manager James Jones. He joins us on the Arizona Sports Line. Suns off last night, off tonight, back at home tomorrow against the Brooklyn Nets for an 8 o'clock tip time here on Arizona Sports. And with that, we welcome in James Jones for his weekly visit. James, how are you doing today? I'm great, guys. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm sure you're very happy. The the news that Cam Johnson has, is coming back to the lineup for the Nets game tomorrow. I'm sure you've been waiting to start and get some reinforcements back. But tell us about about Cam and and the work to get back on the court. 
Um, he's excited, man. He's been really, really anxious to, to get back out there. You know, the last week has been emotionally tough for him because he, he he's ready to play, and but he still has some boxes to check. Uh, so I know for, from a, a player perspective, from a team perspective, you know, his energy, the juice that he's going to bring to the locker room is going to be absolutely amazing. And we look forward to getting him uh, integrated because uh, as, as we get healthy, we can start to get whole again and, and hopefully get back to where we were before his injury. How, how difficult has it been? You got off to a tremendous start this year and then the injury started to hit and there's been a lot of losses and nine out of ten games losing. How, how difficult has it been for you to, knowing that you're going to get guys back and they're not out for the season, but just having to weather this storm? Um, it's, it's not the hardest thing we've ever done in our lives, but you know, in, in, in sports, winning is the hardest thing you, you, you can do. Uh, it's really tough to win uh, when you're healthy and, and then when you're down, even more so. Um, but, but it's always hard. Losing, losing is hard. It doesn't matter uh, how you slice it. And, and I, I like the stretches that we've, we've had where we've displayed, you know, um, I said some consistency, some courage to fight through. Uh, we've had some trying times, too, where we, we just did not perform up to our standard. Um, but either way you slice it, it's it's tough to lose, and, and that's not a feeling, or that's not uh, something that we, we can accept. The James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. Of course, the hope for Suns fans is that this is going to be the start of getting slowly a bunch of your guys back. Do you, do you have, when it comes to Book, when it comes to Chris, when it comes to campaign, do you have an idea of when those guys will slowly start to trickle back in for you? Um, no, I don't. Um, I think those guys, um, in different arts, but we're probably talking weeks away. Um, but I do know um, tomorrow we have Cam back, so that's going to be big for us. Is, is Chris's arc even still defined in the weeks away category? I understand that with Book and even Cam to a certain extent. Is, is Chris's arc still weeks away? Um, you know, he's day-to-day. Um, and that's the reason I say weeks away. It could be five days. It could be ten days. I, I don't really know, um, but but he's he's in a good spot. He's he's turning in the right direction. A, a lot of people will will check in with us and why why haven't the Suns making a made a move? It's better to have somebody than nobody. But I, I mean, I I know you well enough to know it's you know it's got to be the right trade. It's got to be something that that helps the Suns. And you know if it's to just for this year or for the future. But uh, you know when when you address those those uh, discussions that people have, like how come the Suns have not made a move up to this point with all the injuries they've had? What do you say? I just said we haven't made we haven't made a deal. You know, we haven't found a deal that, that works. And when we do, we'll do it. Yeah, just as simple as that, right? But it's got to be a trade that works for for you guys, right? I mean, it's not you know, it's got to be something that gives no, you a, a, of course, of course. a chance no to... No team does a trade that doesn't work for them. Like, you're, you're trying to make trades and improve your team. Uh, why do you... So if you why, can find something. Why you do you think it's... improve but, your team, you do it. Yeah. Why do you think it's been so difficult to find the right trade at this point? Well, you know, there are multiple reasons, but you can point to the, the parity in the league. You know, when you talk about the play-in game, 10 teams have a shot at the playoffs or at least an opportunity to compete. And in the past, you would have teams that were so far away, they started thinking about next year with all this parity. Um, you have guys that are out there playing to win, and every team wants to get into the playoffs. That's what we play for. So you, you have fewer teams in the transaction business that are truly just looking at it as, asset accumulation or asset value uh, moves. You have teams thinking, if I'm trading a player, I want a player in return that can help me win or help me win differently. So it just makes it a, a struggle and a challenge. But 
a bunch of different factors. Like I think everyone's trying to win. Yeah, and the, with the playing with the playing games now, right? Adding those playing tournaments, so many more teams are now in a position to try to make the playoffs that they 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 don't want to sell off players. No, that's and, and that's a good thing because you get teams competing to win. And anytime you have teams competing to win, um, is is great for the league and, and it's great for the game. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show, just for a, a point of clarification, and I know we've been asking you about him since before the season even started. Is it? Am I safe to assume that Jay Crowder, this situation, will be resolved by the trade deadline on February 9th, James? That's the plan. Okay. As far as ramping up conversation with other teams, be it Jay or anybody else on your roster or anybody else you might look to acquire, and I know I probably ask you this every year, is there a date on the calendar relative to the trade deadline when things really start to pick up and the conversations increase? No, I think you, I mean, I think all the last few days, I'd say the last couple of days before the trade deadline, you probably get more incoming from teams that want to do something, but I can tell you from you know December fifteenth, January fifteenth until the trade deadline, teams are having conversations all the time. You guys added Saban Lee on a on a ten day contract. He's got an opportunity to play in three games: Denver, Minnesota, Memphis. Anywhere from thirteen to twenty eight minutes. Um, he's a guy you liked. You knew him from being in camp. What what have you seen out of him so far in limited time? Uh, he's he's fit right in. I think Saban's a tough kid, and and he does what he does extremely well. He's he's tenacious defensively. He plays with speed and and a burst, and and he can attack the paint, collapse the paint, and get to the rim. And he's fearless. I think that's been the the, the, the his biggest um, trait or his greatest trait is his fearlessness. And you know, we asked him to come in on a ten day, pick up our offense, go out there and play, and and you can see it seems like he's been with us for a while. So I'm impressed with what he's done, and I'm hopeful he can continue to, to get some minutes, continue to like build some chemistry with this group, and we can see what it means for him going forward. James Jones, our guest here on the Burns and Gambo Show. I, I think, James, the last time we had you on, maybe the time before, we had a really interesting conversation about about seeds and seeding in, in the Western Conference. And, and you even said along the lines of, look, seeding does matter, right? It's important. Anybody who tells you differently is not telling you the truth. So for you, how much of a look do you take at the standings, where you are, and sort of what you need to do between now and the time you start to get these bodies back that we're talking about in order to give you a shot to make the play-in tournament or to avoid the play-in tournament and get one of the five or six or maybe even the three or four seats? What what sort of schedule standings looking are you doing right now at this stage in the season no we're looking at we're looking at the long look at taking the long view you know from here on until the end of the season if we can play winning basketball and win more games than we lose if you look at the standings uh, a lot lot of teams play each other play we play each other multiple times Uh, you can pick up a game or two on a team by just playing by winning your series two nothing so um, we we just have to, to win play winning basketball and win games and if we do that it'll take care of itself any limitations on Cam coming back? You've always been a guy that if you're ready to play, you're available to play. You'll you'll play, and there's no minute restrictions. But him coming off of the the meniscus, do you feel like you need to bring him along slowly, or is he full go? He's full go, but I, I expect him not having played for a while. I think his his conditioning will tell him when when the clock stops. And so if he if he's able to play 48 minutes, that'd be awesome. I doubt that. 
I think he'll play a, a balance of minutes. Um, but, you know, if he's rolling, you let him roll. Uh, last one for me when it comes to James as they take on the Nets tomorrow. Obviously, we've documented how rough the stretch has been with all the guys that you're missing. Is, is there somebody on your roster that, despite the losses, has stood out with how they've played during this rough stretch? A, a guy whose play has impressed you during this time? I mean, I think Damian Lee's been consistent for us. Um, you know, he's, he's had to take multiple roles. Um, but but he's he's been consistent coming off the bench making shots and uh, making plays for us uh, and we've asked him to do a lot um, with Devin and all the injuries so I, I have to give him props and kudos for being a great pro and I thought Josh Okogie, um also played really well in his minutes he, he was giving us something different and, and, and both of those guys have had a tremendous impact on our ability to sustain even though we've been down so many guys right, Who you pulling for in the NFL playoffs? Uh, my Dolphins are no longer there, so I don't care who wins. At this point, I'm just. <laughs> at this point, I'm just. I just want to see good football. They they put up a hell of a fight. I mean they 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 had the Bills on the ropes for a while, and that fourth and one, that delay a game on fourth and one was a was an absolute killer. But I think they surprised a lot of people without their starting quarterback down to the third string guy. How hard they played, and and they had a chance to knock off the Bills. No, I mean, they played good team ball, and, and they made the most of their opportunities, and that's all you can ask for. So I'm excited about what the future looks like for my Dolphins. All right. Good stuff, James. We appreciate the time. As always, good luck tomorrow against the Nets. We'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks, guys. Thanks, James. Joining us on the Arizona Sports Line, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Do you want to remind you, I don't think you need a reminder, the countdown to Super Bowl 57, it has begun. Bud Light, FanDuel, Arizona Sports all want you to be there in person. So text the word SUPER to 620-620, register and listen for your name starting February 6th, and you can score a pair of tickets to the Super Bowl. Plus, you'll win tickets to the following events, the FanDuel Party, the Bud Light Music Fest, and the Super Bowl Experience. So text the word SUPER to 620-620. It's all access and it's presented by Bud Light and FanDuel. We'll react a little bit to what James had to say. And we've got some news to pass along to you. Yet another name on the list for the Arizona Cardinals and their head coaching vacancy. We'll tell you who it is coming up on Burns and Gambo. And Gambo. Afternoons on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. John Gambadero, Dave Burns on this Wednesday afternoon here on the Burns and Gambo show. We've got another name to pass along before I do, I, and I just keep mentioning this because I, I haven't had uh, eye-to-eye contact with him. I know Gambo's working at home. Gambo, any reaction to anything James Jones had to tell us before we pass along another name that the Colonels are going to be interviewing for their head coaching job? No, just the, I mean, just wait, continuing to wait for the right trade and just how long it's taken, October, November, December, January, and, you know, trying to make that. I mean, I, I know you want to make the right trade, but there are a lot of people, and you know this because we hear from it all the time, like, just go get somebody because somebody's better than nobody. Now, yeah. that's not the right trade, but, you know, the, the feeling is that a lot of people feel that way, that you'd rather have something than nothing. Right now, you have nothing, and and that was my point. I don't know if I worded it exactly right, but, you know, a lot of people feel like, you know, go get somebody, but obviously he's waiting for the right trade. It's got to be the right trade for them compared to just make a trade and get somebody in here because somebody's going to help you rather than having nobody that helps yeah, you. Yeah, no, no, I, I knew exactly what you meant. And in, in his response was, you know, appropriate. Like, of course, every team feels like they're making the right trade, but it, but at some point, you know, you're you you 
you can't wait forever. And that was kind of the point of my question. Like, okay, February 9th, this thing's resolved, right? It's done one way or another. I, I don't I don't care if you don't love the deals that are in front of you. You're going to have to do something about Jay Crowder by February 9th. You're just you're going to be backed into a corner where you're going to have to take the very best deal in front of you, whether you love it or not. Now, you and I have talked many times, and, and I, I, I know you don't, and I don't either, like the idea of them trading for a player who's got multiple years left on his contract. They don't want to do that if I'm the Suns. I don't want to paint myself into a corner contractually with a player that I don't love. Um, but you, you're going to have to do something with him because you just the, the situation needs to be resolved. And, and yes, something is ultimately better than nothing. Here's the name. According to Tom Pelissero and others, the Arizona Cardinals put in a request to interview Lions defensive coordinator Aaron Glenn for their head coaching job. Aaron Glenn, the former Jet? Aaron Glenn, the former New York Jet, three-time, two-time Pro Bowler with the Jets, three-time Pro Bowl overall in his career. He finished sixth Defensive Rookie of the Year with the Jets, his rookie season back in 1994. You know Aaron Glenn very well, I imagine. Oh, very, very well. Obviously, he was with the Jets for a long time, and then I think I remember him with the Cowboys. Um, I can't remember who else, but the, the Texans. He spent a few years with the Texans. Did he play with the Cowboys? He did. He spent he two years with the, with the Cowboys. Yep, okay. with Jacksonville, with New Orleans, a little bit towards the end of his career, but mostly with the Jets, the Texans, and the Cowboys. Those are the three teams that he played for. Yes. No, he was a hell of a player. I mean, he was a, a hell of a player. Um, you know, don't know enough about him as a defensive coordinator. To be honest with you, I did know that he was the defensive coordinator for Lions. I don't know, um, you know, much about him after that. I'll have to do some homework and stuff. I knew him as a player because man, he was such a really, really, you know, dynamic player, uh, great player. But again, an interesting name right there. You know, an interesting name to bring in an interview. A guy, you know, Aaron Glenn, who's, you know, I, you know, he's just great defensive player, and he's he's got some you know, some coaching experience now, having been a defensive coordinator. So another another name, and we expected this is what we expected yesterday without being able to say, hey, I know everything about Aaron Glenn as a coach because I don't. I know everything about him as a player from having watched watched him for so long, but we did know that there was a certain amount of names that Michael Bidwell had, but once he hired a GM, you would expect that that GM was going to extend that list, that he uh-huh. was going to have guys that he's been thinking of, that he has seen from afar. You know, when you are when you are a general manager or, or a general manager in waiting, you're not constantly just reviewing players in college and, and players in the league. You're also looking at coaches and schemes and styles to, to build a coaching staff and how you want to do that. So it's not all about the players. It's it's not all about the talent of the players. It's also about the, hey, how do I get the right coaches in here to develop those players? Right, you're right. And Glenn, for what it's worth, uh, defensive coordinator of the Lions, as you mentioned, he previously served as the defensive backs coach for the Saints from 2016 to 2020. He was an assistant coach for the Cleveland Browns. According to a, a GM coach tracker site that I'm on that tracks like the interviews and who's been requested and things like that, the only other team to have requested or completed an interview with Aaron Glenn so far in the process has been the Indianapolis Colts. According to NFL.com, they have completed an interview with Aaron Glenn for the head coaching job. Nobody else in terms of the vacancies, and there aren't a ton of vacancies, there's only five, um, nobody else has up until this point had an interview or requested an interview with Aaron Glenn. It, it certainly... 
continues the trend of defense, 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 yeah. defense. I, I mean, I, I know there's still Sean Payton, and I know we had the Frank Reich name yesterday, but of the seven known names attached to the Cardinals head coaching vacancy, five of the seven are defensive-minded coaches, defensive coordinators, or defensive assistants in this league, Gambo. Clearly, that is a trend that is not to be ignored with this search. Yeah, and, and something to look at, and some people may be able to find some of these cuts. Um, I wouldn't be able to do it, but um, he was uh, he was one of the Lions stars on Hard Knocks. Oh, you know what? So he was uh, he was one of the Hard Knocks stars. For the Lions. Okay. I I mean, you know, it might take some time to find something or some listener might tweet us something, but he stood out a lot in Hard Knocks. Okay, full disclosure, I, I'm just be. I didn't watch a minute of Hard Knocks that wasn't the Cardinals. And even well, when it was the Cardinals, I had a hard time watching it too. But but the, over the summer, when the Lions were I mean, I heard about Dan Campbell. I heard about some of the stuff that came out of it. Uh, you can tweet us at Burns and Gambo or on our individual accounts if you want and kind of fill us in on some of the details of that because I didn't watch a minute of the Detroit Lions hard knock show. I did not realize that he was a star of that show. I, I, yes, I know I know that. Again, I wouldn't be able to tell you why or how, but I know that he was a guy that they were constantly talking about stood out on the hard knocks episode for the Lions. So I've got here in front of me a Sports Illustrated story um, which listed just about every name that potentially could be hired as coach this year. I mean, they, it was like 35 different names on this. And I saved it knowing that we might want to use this from time to time. Aaron Glenn was on the list, and this is exactly what they wrote up on Sports Illustrated about Aaron Glenn. If or when the Lions turn this thing around, everyone will want a piece of Dan Campbell's staff. Glenn is a former NFL star defensive back who's widely respected through the league. Detroit's attacking mentality is popular with players and Glenn would have no problem recruiting in his next locale. He is relentless on the practice field in a way that can naturally foster the competitiveness that teams often struggle to grow organically. Former Jets general manager Mike Tannenbaum, who had Glenn as a scout with the organization before he got into coaching, tells us, quote, tremendous, should be a head coach very, very soon, close quote. For what it's wow. worth, that's there. I've always said to you that, I, that Dan Campbell is one of my favorite coaches. I think he's great. I, I mean, I, you know, his introductory press conference and like uh, everything that he said, like they, they just they went and beat the beat, beat the Packers and knocked them out of the playoffs. And is like I love I love him as a coach. I think he's a players' coach, but he's also tough and holds guys accountable. And um, I think the Lions are onto something special there. So not surprising that teams would start to look to pick apart some of his staff. Yeah, no doubt about it. I, I was very hopeful to see the Lions in the postseason this year. I, I was hoping it was going to work out because that team quickly grew to be one of my favorites as the year wore on and the way they were playing, no doubt. All right, so Aaron Glenn, add him to the list. You want the complete list? I imagine we're going to cover that topic in the 4 o'clock reset. When we come back, yep, we're at the turn, the halfway point of the Burns and Gambo show. We get you caught up on everything going on in sports in the 4 o'clock reset next on Burns and Gambo.